Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. I hope you had a beautiful Rosh Hashanah, an inspiring one. And next week on Tuesday night and Wednesday during the day, we will be celebrating the holiday of Yom Kippur, which is really the holiest day in the year. And it's called a holiday and it's a celebration. And uh, there's a reason to celebrate. It's the day in which we celebrate our imperfections as human beings. It's a day in which Hashem forgives us for anything that we might have done wrong against Him if we come with a pure heart and intentions to do Teshuvah and to return to our essence. When we're truthful to Him, He'll He'll forgive anything wrong that we've done. And it's a day of hope. It's a very important day. And Rabbi Nachman of Breslov, he says, if you believe breaking is possible, believe fixing is possible. We don't need to cover up or deny our mistakes. Our lives can sometimes feel very broken. We need to remember and focus on fixing. The brokenness is what allows us to come to pure joy. That's the the road to perfection. So Yom Kippur is the only day in the year when the soul down here on earth comes to feel its source. So I've explained in different classes, but it's good to to look at it over again. The soul has five dimensions. We have the the nefesh, the ruach, the neshama, the haya, and the yehida. The nefesh and the ruach are inside of the body. The nefesh is the biological part of our soul. It's the instinctive part of our soul, a self-preservation. Then we have the, the ruach, which is the part that is connected to our emotions. We have the neshama, which is encompassing, and the neshama is what we know as the soul, and it's actually the intellectual part of the soul. Then we have the haya, and the haya is the transcendental part of the soul, which is like a rope that connects our dimension, ourselves here down in the world, in this earth, and it connects us with that part of us that is up there, which is called the yehida, which is the oneness with God. And God doesn't create souls, He emanates souls. So really, we are not a creation of Hashem, like the rest of the world. We are an emanation of God. So we're like the rays of the sun. They are part of the sun. The sun emanates its rays. Even though we're here and you're in in your house and suddenly a little ray of light comes inside, you would not think it's connected to the sun, but in reality, it's an emanation of, of, of the sun. It's not a creation of the sun. It's a part of the sun that comes into your home. But when we're so far away, we don't perceive it as part of the sun. We perceive it like something that the the sun creates. The same way Hashem created the world in such a way that He contracted Himself so we could feel that we have an existence of our own. But in reality, if if we come closer to Hashem, we realize that we don't exist on our own, that really we are a part of God in this world. So Yom Kippur is the day in which we come to understand this and to reconnect to that Yehida, to that part of us that really is up there. It's a part of us that has never sinned, that is perfect, that is godly, that is untainted. And it's good to know we have that part of ourselves because when people mess up and we do things that are not right, 
Regret is something good because regret makes you want to improve. But to feel down and downtrodden and hitting yourself in the head and saying, I'm good for nothing, that would not take you to the place you have to go. So to remember that there's a part of us that is perfect and that we can always return to that perfection is what allows us to really work on ourselves and perfect our midots and refine ourselves. So Yom Kippur is a day of hope. It's a day in which we are the closest to Hashem. And this is why Yom Kippur is considered a celebration because it really, it's like a date with God. It's a day in which we don't drink, we don't eat, we don't bathe, we don't anoint ourselves, no leather shoes, no marital relationships. We are almost like angels. We take all that mundane, terrestrial uh, pleasures and desires, they're put on a closet and locked there. And uh, that part of us that is godly and beautiful is what shines out on Yom Kippur. So, so we're completely removed from material desires and pleasures. And the central concept of Yom Kippur is forgiving. Not only to forgive others, but to forgive ourselves and to all also ask forgiveness from others. Because between us and God, anything, any boo-boo we do to Hashem, if we come up to Hashem and we ask for forgiveness, He'll forgive us in a second. But we cannot come to Hashem and ask Him to forgive us because we mistreated somebody or we did Lashonara about somebody or, or we uh, humiliated somebody. This He cannot forgive us. We have to go to the person and, and ask forgiveness, ask for Mehila. And, uh, and this is something beautiful. To, to err is, is human and to forgive is divine. It's a, it brings the divine part of ourselves into the world. So, so the greatest treasures of the Torah that could ever give us is the instruction to, to free ourselves from anger and hatred. A Jew should never be angry and should never feel resentful towards someone else, should never be hateful towards someone else. This is not the Jewish way. This is not how we're supposed to be because we're all loving creatures. We were made in the, in the semblance of Hashem. Hashem is not a hateful God. He is a loving, merciful God. So the Talmud states, anyone who foregoes revenge merits that God forgives all of his sins. Like if a person, something horrible happened to him and someone did something horrendous to him and that person is able to not go and take revenge on that person and he forgives him, this person really, everything he does in life, Hashem forgives him because he's in such a level. If we remember the story of uh, Joseph Hatzadik when the brothers sold him, they were going to kill him. They put him in a pit and they were going to leave him there to die. And at the end, they sold him. When he reencountered his brothers, when they came down to Egypt, because there was famine in the land of Canaan and they came to buy food, he disguised himself. He didn't let them know who he was. And he led them through a whole plot of making them go through whatever they did to him. He made them feel everything they made him feel. So at the end of this whole issue, if you remember, he, he, he goes after Benjamin, the little brother, and, and, and they think he stole his goblet, and he's going to put him in jail. And then the brothers come up and says, no, you cannot do this to him. Our father will die. 
So they stood up for him. They did tukun. They, they, they repented. They did teshuva. And this is the whole purpose of all this plot that he did. It was not to be revengeful against his brothers. He didn't want to revenge against them. He wanted them to repent. He wanted them to do teshuvah and return to their essence. That was what he wanted. And he told them, I'm doing this for you. It's not, not for me. It's for you. So you don't have this baggage. You have to carry this baggage in your life for the rest of your life. So you can do tikkun olam, you can perfect, you can rectify. So, so the, the, the Maimonides goes even further and he says that, that the, to wipe the wrong from his heart entirely, that a person not only has to not take revenge against somebody and forgive, but he also has to completely entirely wipe it out of his heart. He has to really have amnesia and forget that someone harmed him. This is, this is the Torah way. And how can we do that? How can a person that has been hurt by somebody, someone that has been uh, stolen from, abused, or any of these things, how can a person come to really forgive a person like that, that did this to him, and be able to continue in life without a resentful heart? And, and the Torah wouldn't ask anything from us that we're not capable of doing. So this doesn't mean that we should be passive victims in life, that we should like be this victim person. Not at all. If you're being bullied, you have to defend yourself. If someone's going to harm you, you have to stand up for yourself and look for help. It, this is not what it means, uh, Maimonides is, is telling us. But what it's telling us is that the same Torah says that we must verbally confront someone who has angered us, who has wronged us, in order to avoid hating him in our hearts. And the way to do this is we must do so directly to the person and we should do it empathetically, but without hatred. So if you go to a person that is hurting you and you say, you know what, what you're doing to me is hurting me. I don't like what you're doing to me. It's painful. I, I don't know why you're doing this. I don't know what's your problem, but I don't like it. It's with empathy, but it's not with hatred. And when a person confronts another person and it comes from the heart and it doesn't come from a place of hatred, the other person is going to take it much, much differently. So do not believe you cannot forgive. This is number one. You, you have the power to forgive. You have the ability to forgive. You have that chip inside of you. You just have to look for it. You have to understand that anger and resentment are sustained by irrational thoughts. And this happened to me, this Rosh Hashanah, completely. It was a very rainy day in New York. And I went to the, to the synagogue with my raincoat. And when I was gonna come out of the synagogue, it was pouring rain and suddenly I'm looking and there's no raincoat. Someone took my raincoat. So I, I, I get upset. It was my first reaction. And, and I said, how can someone take my raincoat? And my daughter's telling me, mommy, maybe they made a mistake. And I said, but how can they make a mistake? They put it, they zip it up. Don't they recognize their zipper? Don't they recognize their, their pockets? Don't they recognize that my keys inside my pocket? And it's the irrational thoughts that get you angry. And after that, I came home and I was very disturbed because really I work very hard on myself not to get angry and I, I'm constantly vigilant to not judge people and judge them favorably. I don't know what happened to me that day. I, I snapped, it, I lost it. And, uh, 
but thinking about it later on, I called myself and I said, okay, this is something I have to work on myself. I'm not there yet. I realize I, I, I still don't have it there. Still, I still have to, to tune in. And then the next day in shul, I'm reading the Maxor, I'm praying. And I see that there's a, a paragraph that's talking that everything that happens to us comes from God. And it struck me. And it's not something I don't know. It's something I know, I, I teach it. But at that moment it hit me and I, I came to realize, you know what, that person didn't take my raincoat. The one that took my raincoat was Hashem. And you have to really think at that moment, this comes from God. As horrible as it can be, whatever is happening in your life, if you, the first thought you put in your head is this comes from, from Hashem, it's gonna soothe you. It's gonna soothe you because God is, doesn't do anything to us without a purpose. Everything he does for us is for our own good. It, although it's uncomfortable, maybe it's painful, maybe it's horrific, whatever it happens, but it's for our own good. It's not, he's not doing something to us, he's doing something for us. And once you have this in your head, you're not gonna judge the person. Yes, she took my cold, that's her problem with God. But my, my situation is that I should have put in my thoughts, you know, maybe it was a mother and she had these little kids and she had to run home and the kids were crying. And you know, who knows what happened? She was in a rush and she really didn't realize it was not her coat. Maybe she found out when she was half away, she was not gonna schlep the kids back. So once you come and you stop and you say, this is from God, your whole reaction is gonna be a complete different reaction. So negative, there's a negative energy in the world that sucks us in. And this energy really is created by God too. It comes from the back, from his back. It's something he doesn't want to create, but he has to create it so we can have free will. So we can come and stop and say, you know what? This comes from God, I'm gonna judge favorably. And that's our free choice. That's what I choose to do. But for this, you need to train yourself. You need to be constantly aware and learn how to react in certain situations and really to be a believer, to, to really believe that Hashem is the one that runs the world. This is complete emunah. This is faith. And bitahon is to trust that God is doing, he knows what he's doing. That if the, someone took my raincoat, he, he knows why she took my raincoat. There's a purpose for it. And I trust him. So this is constant work. I have to work on it. Everybody has to work on it. And the, 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 what this takes us is to a personal relationship because underneath the anger of a person, there is a hurt. First, first the person is hurt, then she gets angry. And before the hurt, that person has fear. And before the fear, that person, for that person, the most important thing at the bottom of everything is that that person needs to be loved and that person needs to love. We human beings need love. We need to feel it and we need to give it. It's an intrinsic need that we have. It's a chip we have inside. That there's no such thing as a person that doesn't need love. You know, when babies are in orphanages and they're not carried and soothed and, 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 and hugged, these kids grow up with no feelings. They can't feel for other people. I don't remember the name of the disorder, but it creates a disorder. Even a little baby needs nurture. 
we all need nurture. So the the Derech Hashem, the book of the Ramhal, the Moshe Haim Lusato, the, the path of, of, of God, gives us an enormous gift. And I just learned that, and this has been for me revolutionary. It really is life changing. And I want to give it to you, this Yom Kippur. I want you to come into Yom Kippur with this mind, mindset, with this way of looking at, at, at the world. It, this is the Torah. This is the truth. And he gives us with the understanding of why Hashem created the world. And the Ramhal states that Hashem's purpose of creating the world was for Hashem to bestow of his goodness upon others. This is the whole purpose of his creating all this balagan of a world, all, all this mishmash of a world. He wanted to bestow his goodness in others. That's the whole purpose. And Hashem is a perfect being. He has no defects, he has no deficiencies. And since Hashem alone is the true good, his desire will be satisfied only when benefiting others. His true goodness can only be attained by giving us the opportunity to attain a state of the vacuus, which means to attach to him, attachment. And this is his true goodness, that he gives us the opportunity to attach to himself, to him. This is the biggest pleasure a human being can ever experience, is to be attached to God. There's no bigger pleasure, not even the Gucci shoes, nothing. Nothing compares to being attached to God. And how can we do this? Why, what's the whole system? How does it work? So Hashem created a world in which we are not perfect beings. We weren't created perfect. We're not meant to come to the ultimate perfection like God. God is the only perfect uh, being in the world, but he gave us the ability to perfect ourselves. So in whatever area of your life you are, you can always move a step higher. You can always perfect yourself a little more. And what this means is that it's never ending. Why? Because once you have come here, then another opportunity arises and you can come up here and you can come up here and you can come up here until the day you leave this world. It's never ending. It's never going to end for you because the amount of potential you have is infinite because it comes from the infinite part of God. It's never ending. A person can grow and grow and grow and grow spiritually, never ending. So God created the system in which he gives us merits. He gives us privileges. He gives us opportunities to grow so we can do it on our own. So we can be the ones that struggle. We are the ones that hustle. We are the ones that work. Why? Because he doesn't want to create bread of shame. This is a Kabbalistic uh, expression in which a person is a person that never does anything to grow, a person that's stagnant, a person that everything has been given to him. He has never moved a finger. He has never had any effort on anything. And this person, everything he has has been given to him. So he has no pleasure. He has no satisfaction. He cannot feel that he achieved. He cannot feel that he's a successful person. And this feeling of success, of achievement, of empowerment, of inspiration, of doing, of action, can only be given to us if we're imperfect people. Because if we were perfect, then how can we be successful? How can we achieve? How can we be better? 
there would not the world would not be this world so our perfecting our midots our character traits is the ultimate good it's the ultimate pleasure it's the effort that gives us the pleasure it's not that once we're there it's the 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 journey that gives us the pleasure it's the working on something that gives us the pleasure and that's what gives us an attachment to Hashem so on Yom Kippur when we come and we do Teshuvah when we repent for our wrongdoings what we're doing is not that we're just repenting and I promise I'm never gonna do it again no what we're doing is yeah we have to have some remorse for the things we do that are not right but we don't we don't stop doing it we just go back to who we are we go back to our essence we reveal that holy part of ourselves that yehida that is up there and it's untainted and it's holy and it's perfect that's what we do so when you return when you are a returnee when you do teshuvah what you're doing is that you are in that struggle attaching to god that's what it is so by going beyond our personal identity we achieve a greater awareness and connection to God. As, as long as we remain limited, our personal selves, we cannot relate to God's infinity. There, it's impossible. So through the process of self-transcendence, we discover our true selves. And by leaving behind our personal feelings and egos, we are able to appreciate how God and Israel are one. And not only that, he gives us the gift to be able to be attached to him and that's the ultimate pleasure so i want to wish you an easy fast a gemar hatimatova that you should be inscribed and sealed in the book of life that your life should be beautiful every day of your life you should see it as a gift as a privilege and to take every opportunity in your life to be able to connect to god if the struggle is in the struggle is the the connection don't look at it like hashem is getting back to you he's not revengeful where the torah doesn't allow us to be revengeful so if the torah doesn't allow us to be revengeful hashem cannot be revengeful so what he wants is that we attach to him and that's the ultimate gift that's the ultimate pleasure so i wish that you have in your life this year the ultimate pleasure thank you and live a little higher <laughs>